Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Also, please don't hold what you hear on the podcast against us. We sometimes like to drink before we record. Okay, all right. Sometimes I like to drink before, during, and after we record. Go Hogs! Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to episode 47 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Yes, 47. I said that correctly. You heard me. (laughs) 46, and we've had some people ask, where's 46? 46 is on the Pig Trail Network YouTube channel. That's my YouTube channel. We brought on Zach Arns. We had a whole live show. It was all done there. The plan, the plan, ladies and gentlemen was to bring that damn episode over here. But for whatever reason, YouTube, I guess because it was monetized and there were some issues, I I, I don't know. But it would not let me download. Last I checked was Wednesday. I thought if I could get it done by Thursday, I would upload it. But I just I didn't get a chance to look today. So um, here I am Thursday night trying to record this. But this is technically episode 47. So welcome, everybody. Hope you guys had a fantastic week. Um, as far as the future of doing those Sunday shows, I'm not quite sure if we're going to keep doing those or not. And, and one of the reasons why is because I don't want to designate our one, you know, the, our Monday show to one place over on my YouTube channel, and then us not be able to upload it here because YouTube's being a bunch of stingy asshats. Pardon my language, earmuffs, kiddos, please. But that's where I'm at with it. I'm like, YouTube is just, the internet in general, I have had a rough relationship with today. The internet, uh, Cox apparently had some issues today. I was unable, I was supposed to go live tonight, and then Cox, you know, my internet completely just took a dump. It, uh, it crapped, it, they crapped their pants, and I was unable to go live, which was really a bummer because I'm not sure. I'm going to be able to live stream Friday night. If I am, over on the Pig Trail Network YouTube channel, I will definitely keep you guys in the loop on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyzilla83. And, of course, always, always follow us on the Hog Talk at the Hog Talk on uh, Twitter. And just look up Arkansas Hog Talk on Facebook. You can find us. We're pretty accessible. We're, we're everywhere. Pretty sure we have a MySpace account. I'm pretty sure we do. Wait, MySpace doesn't. Does it still exist? Didn't they turn that into a music website? Isn't that what they did? Okay, I am talking to myself because there is there is no co-host. We will bring on Porter. That'll be the final segment of the show. We'll end it with that uh, Porter interview. We'll have him on in just a little bit. There's, you know, right now, all we can do, just like I did with the Thirsty Thursday Pig Trail podcast, all we can really do right now is speculate. Uh, there's a lot of talk about about some coordinators, Barry Odom on the defensive side of, the, of things, the uh, former uh, Mizzou head coach, 
there's certainly, I think there's some gravity on that. I think I certainly believe that uh, that could happen. Supposedly, he is waiting on he's waiting on the um, he's waiting on the Memphis job. So we'll find out. We'll find out there. And then with with uh, offense, Chip Long, the former, I think this guy's been kind of. He's been in a lot of different places, but Chip Long was the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. He's somehow I, I'm trying to remember. I know he had something to do with Petrino. He was with Mike Norvell. Like he's kind of been around a little bit. He is supposedly in the mix, or someone that is rumored to possibly be the next offensive coordinator. At Arkansas. You know how this thing goes, though. The two most obvious names are never your guys when you're talking about offensive and defensive coordinators. Except John Chavis. When his name surfaced, it happened, and we saw it coming, and that was your guy on defense. But, and, you know, I can even remember going back to the Petrino era and then to, to Brett Bielema. Like, we all thought, okay, well, here's their guy, and these names would surface, and it would never even, it wouldn't even be someone on the, on the list. Because there's so many coordinators, and there's so many different, you know, there, there's so many different things that happen and elements to this, to, to, to the whole bringing a coordinator to my school game because what they usually do is they wait and they wait and they wait for other jobs. They wait for, you know, to see what happens after conference championships. And then they, you know, they just kind of sit on their hands for a while. I I don't know why. So I'm getting text messages. I'm getting people hitting me up in the DMS as per usual. Who's should we be panicking? Should we be freaking out? I, I don't, think so because I feel like Pittman already knows who his guys are and that's why he's been concentrating so much on the recruiting trail I liked what he said though when Pittman was talking about just you know he's got to recruit he said you know you got to recruit the I forgot how he put it the state the players but you also got to recruit your staff like your coordinators and your coaches and uh, I think he's I kind of feel like he already knows who he's going to bring in. I really do. And it may not be someone that we you know, it may not be anybody on our short list. But I Chip Long would be awesome. Obviously Barry Odom on the defensive side of the ball would be fantastic. Uh Step I believe is is been retained. I think uh Step is going to stick around. That's you know, that's pretty good. I, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with Step keeping his job. We know that uh, Barry Lenny Jr. is going to University of Texas El Paso, and uh, we, you know we saw that coming. So you've got a couple of coaches there off this staff that are going to be over there. You know, one of them is going to be the head coach, then of course the other Barry is going to be the uh, he's going to be the offense coordinator. So I, I, I this is what's interesting to me. It's that. We're so concerned. I guarantee you, if they bring in some young and young upcoming offensive coordinator, people are gonna gonna lose their crap. We're so concerned about that, and I get it. You know, Craddock did not work out. Craddock might be the worst offensive coordinator hire I think we've ever had at Arkansas. But then again, how much of that was really on him? I have no idea. I feel like whoever the next guy is on offense and or defense. It's all. It's going to be theirs. It's their ship. Pittman's going to be back. He's just going to be coaching the whole everybody, right? The staff, the players, and so on and so forth. But he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be calling the shots on offense. He's not going to be calling the shots on defense. I don't think. I think he's going to let his assistants, you know, his coordinators coordinate. I think that's what he's going to do. I don't know that. Maybe I'm wrong. Hell, maybe he wants a certain offensive identity. He's he's certainly kind of 
I mean, he's kind of bounced around it a little bit, but then he's also seemed a little direct at times too about what he wants to do on offense. He did mention going fast, and and you talk about you know bringing in someone like Chip Long, or you bring in uh, you know I don't know you bring in someone like that or someone who who runs the RPO. You kind of feel like they're in luck with who who you have who you have on this on this roster with KJ Jefferson. It's interesting how KJ is all of a sudden the. The no longer interesting, I don't know, name for Arkansas quarterbacks because of Jacoby Criswell. I, I've seen this across social media where people are like, yeah, but bring in Criswell, you know, KJ, I don't know. K, KJ didn't show me much as a 18-year-old true freshman in a handful of starts or a couple of, what, what do you have, one start? Yeah, he didn't show us a whole lot. Are you kidding me? KJ has potential. Y'all need to slow down. Okay, slow down. Give him a shot. He's still gonna. He's he retained his red shirt. He's gonna actually be here for the spring. You know, he had to miss the last spring. His high school wouldn't. You know, he didn't have that option to enroll early. So he'll be here technically as a red shirt. Not even technically. That's what he'll be. Red shirt freshman. He'll be here during the spring. He'll be there from the start. And and you know what? We'll get this thing hopefully moving in the right direction. I don't know. I I did have this is. A, I thought was a pretty interesting mess. Uh, text message, Ty. Who would you? Who would you? What kind of offense would you really? If you're Pittman and you're going to let your offense do their thing, would you go full on just air raid, or would you bring back the RPO, or would you go ground pound? Because listen, I I I love the ground pound offense. I love pistol eye formation, offset eye, tight end in tight. Uh, you know, you got a full. I lo- I'm not going to lie. I know that rubs some people the wrong way because of Brett Bielema, but that used to be t- to me. That's football. That's like you know, you you have a pretty good idea of what's coming your way if you're on defense. Try to stop us. I was really hoping Brett Bielema could get that figured out here because I love that brand of offense. But I'm not. I wouldn't go that. I really would. When you've got someone like Pittman who's going to put an emphasis on pass blocking. Is going to put an emphasis on on playing physical up front on the on the uh, line of scrimmage. I, you know what? I I kind of feel like he's going to have the bodies to give his quarterbacks a little bit more time with his know how and his hands on with the offensive line. I feel like he's going to have them ready to go. I'd love to see them come, bring in someone from the, you know, who who runs the air raid. You know why? And here's here's the reason because fans wanted a name like Mike Leach or Lane Kiffin, most fans, I don't think, even though I loved Campbell, I wanted Campbell, but I very rarely see people campaigning hard for Campbell. I've seen numerous polls where he finished second, third, or last on Twitter polls that had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes, even thousands. I don't think fans would have been that crazy about Campbell as they would have been as far as like the excitement. I'm not saying they wouldn't be excited about Campbell, but the excitement on what they do on offense. That's what Kiffin and Leach provide you. So imagine bringing in an air raid guy with the know-how up front on the line of scrimmage to pass block, to block better. You know that's something he does. When when Pittman was here, Arkansas was like one of the fewest sacked teams in the SEC. Yeah, they ran a lot of play action. Yeah, they ran the ball a lot. and They played a physical run game. I agree with that. But even teams who threw the ball less had had less drop back passes than Arkansas were sacked more. 
And I think that's what you're going to, if you go, could you imagine just, you know, I don't know, get KJ's arm going, get his technique down, get an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach in here who can really, really, that's what it is. Get a quarterback coach. Hell, give me Clint Sterner. The guy coaches a quarterback clinic, I think, during the summers. Like, bring him in, get KJ under his umbrella. Get that footwork panned out. Get the, get the arm technique, the release. Get it all patented in there. Get it all done. And go out and, and, and throw the football around. I think that would bring some excitement to the fans. And also, you've got the skill position players to get the job done. I, I, I don't think Trey Knox is transferring. I saw that rumor. He, he posted some Snapchat picture, and it said something about it's been fun. I don't know. I don't, I'm not buying into that yet. They're keeping step. He's still here. They love him. I think they do like Pittman. And if you bring in an air raid offensive coordinator too, you bet your ass they're going to be excited about offensive football. That's why I want air raid here. Okay, with someone who wants to play physical as your head coach, and then you bring in that type of offense that's going to provide excitement, spread the ball around. I, you don't have to play high tempo. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I know that's you know that's so like that's what everybody does. There is no such thing as huddling really anymore in, in football, high school, college. Um, it's it's just not really a thing. I get that. Give me air raid. Now I'm not going to be one of these people too who like oh they do bring in this guy that only runs the eye who runs the ball 50 times again. I'm not going to be one of these guys that sits here and boohoo's over it. But I really hope they. Uh, Really hope they bring in someone who could spread the ball out. Four and five wide sets. I mean, again, imagine the talent you already have at that position, assuming none of these guys transfer. And by the way, big-time player Turner, who I think is actually listed as an athlete. I have completely lost track on him. I think they had him listed as an athlete with the possibility of playing on the defensive side of the ball. But he is talented on the offensive side of the, offensive side of the ball as well. I hope they can go get Mangum, too. Little short, stocky receiver guy runs a laser four four. Uh, I had his numbers pulled up here a little while back, and they're closed out. But I mean, the guy is a stud. I hope they go and get him to to uh, commit, get him back on board. Turner's gonna visit. I shouldn't say he's staying committed. He's. I think he's gonna visit and give Pittman a chance. I don't think he's gonna recommit, but he did decommit him and Mangum both. Yeah, just just imagine the air raid with Knox, with Burks, with TQ Jackson, with all those options you have out there, including the guys that are going to be coming back next year. Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd be excited to see that. And I think, too, that would give, some, that would give the fans something to be excited for. And I, I believe, I believe... That would excite the fans and the players, and it would create some some buzz going into going into uh, spring. Yeah, got to get this early signing period stuff out of the way. I guess that's the other thing. You're up against the clock. I think it's December 18th, I believe, through the 20th. Last year, I believe, it was the 20th through the 22nd. I, I may or maybe that was 2017. But you're up against the clock. You gotta have it. Uh, gotta get these guys. You gotta convince them to not go on their official visits. Jacoby Criswell is taking his official visit to North Carolina. Last I heard, that could change. Um, I said that's got to be the first thing you do is you gotta convince him not to take his OV. You cannot let him take his official visit there, and it sounds like he's going to. That does not. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that that means he's he's gonna end up signing, but that. Yeah, that makes it a little bit harder, right? And then you're going to go up against this this 
you know, you're going up against Father Time here. And my goodness, signing day, early signing period is a curse. And you've got to somehow, you've got to get that figured out, man. You're, you got to get it figured out. But uh, so you're, you, you, maybe you can get Turner back on board. I'd love to see them get Mangum back on board. There are some more names out there, some guys that are, that are believed that you could possibly flip. Uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm not going to go over the, uh, the whole list of them. I will say now, I don't know how confirmed these names are, but let me go over the list of players that are supposedly going to be here this weekend on this official visit. Now I, I'm not, these are not 100% confirmed that here's a whole list. Uh, Ray Curry offensive tackle out of Tennessee, currently a, uh, a Mizzou, a Mizzou commit Marcus Henderson, another offensive lineman, six, four, three, 10, um, he's out of Memphis University School, Tennessee. He's a four-star on the composite. I think he's a, a four-star on ESPN as well, three-star on Rivals. Uh, Donovan Johnson, 6'2", 180, safety. Harvey Helen Cox out of Louisiana. He's a three-star, committed to Virginia. Uh, Tyrus Wheat, big-time linebacker. This guy, I've I've had I've been in a conversation, or I've been in a text group uh, talking about him. Could be a very uh, underrated player. He's a three-star currently committed to Mississippi State. Darren Turner, we all just talked about him, 6'4", 215, out of, uh, out of out of Memphis. He's kind of a four- and three-star in different sites. J.J. Hester, I can't get that confirmed. Really, like I said, none of these are. Hester would be big time. Out of Tulsa, 6'4", 172-pound wide receiver out of Booker T., uh, he is a four star and a three star on uh, Rivals and, and ESPN, but a four star on twenty four seven. And there's supposedly another one who I believe is Slusher, the uh, the corner out of Oklahoma. I believe out of Oklahoma. Again, these are not confirmed. Those are some of the names. So I don't know. We'll we'll try to keep you in the loop there. If we if we get the official list, we'll get it posted out for you either on uh, maybe on social media or. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to talk about them. Okay, the live show, the PTN live show was supposed to be later uh, uh, last night for uh, Pictorial Network for my YouTube channel. I ran into some internet, internet issues. Boohoo sucks. Hopefully, maybe today at some point I will go live. If I'm able to, I'll make it happen. Uh, and it may be a weird, like, I don't know, might be an off-the-wall, really late live stream Friday night, or it might be an earlier-than-expected live stream. But I will, we will try and make Flamingo Friday happen. I tried to knock it out tonight or, or last night, and it just couldn't happen. My, my uh, internet crap the bed is what it is. It sucks. It sucks. It's too bad. I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but maybe Porter and I will get the rest covered. If, if we, you know... We'll try to answer your questions, too. If you're in our Discord, we'll send you guys the link if you need it. Remember to hit us up on uh, on the Twitter DMs and uh, Facebook DMs or whatever. Just find us. We're everywhere. We're not that hard to, to find. My goodness. Remember, you can follow me at Tizilla83 and also the Hawk Talk. Follow Jacob and Porter as well. Those guys, my goodness, uh, hats off to those two. Uh, Jacob little busy today. Hopefully we get him on for Sunday. So big news coming out today, Friday. I cannot wait for you guys to find out what that is between us here at the Hog Talk and another group. We're really excited. You'll get the information later today. Well, some of you are probably listening to this like, yeah, no, we already know. We already know. But keep in mind, I'm recording this at, at 1030 at night on a Thursday night, right? So I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's going to do it. I think that's it for this portion. Then we'll close it out with Porter coming up next.
here on the Hawk Talk podcast on what is, yes, officially episode 47. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Razorback fans, welcome to this portion of the Hog Talk podcast. With me are our our uh, producer, Porter Hayes, is taking a little bit of time out of his day to, to talk to us. We're going to talk a little bit about women's basketball, and then we're going to transition into some, you know, I've got some some questions for him about Sam Pittman, just get some thoughts. So starting up first, the Lady Backs, Porter, they took on Tulsa last night. Uh, I think it was a basketball game. I don't know if you call it that. Something certainly went down at Bud Walton. What did you see? You were there. You were there with us representing the, uh, the Hog Talk. What did you see, sir? Uh, basically, just uh, total domination. I mean, they, <laughs> it started off sloppy, but I mean, it was fourteen to two after one quarter. I mean, they just totally the defense stepped up, kept them in the game. You know, the sloppy start, but you know, um, they had a leading score that was averaging seventeen points a game, and uh, oh. she had uh, two points off of free throws. So I mean, they held her basically scoreless. And well. the the final score was ninety one to forty one, and for <laughs> me to tell you that score, and Chelsea Dungey and Amber Ramirez had a combined thirteen points. Yeah, grief. I mean, so you know, Alexis Tolfrey was six for ten last night from the three point range, had twenty points. Um, Atiana Golden stepped up huge and had fourteen, and Aaron Barnum had a double double. She had fourteen points and twelve rebounds. Wow. So, you know, that inside presence we talked about at that very first game, you know, you've, you've got Taylor Thomas, but now here comes Rokia Dumbia and Aaron ba- uh, Barnum. They each had 12 rebounds apiece. So the defense was on point last night, just, I mean, stifle. They were, they were, but on offense, it was a little sloppy. I mean, three-point shooting was, you know, they only shot, um, let's see, three-point, they shot, 34% from the three. They were 11 for 32 from the three-point line last night. So, I mean, overall, a good defensive game. I mean, you could have had more come out of the offense. But, I mean, when you win 91 to 41, it's hard to complain. <laughs> so I asked, what did you see last night? That wasn't a basketball game. That was a shellacking. Uh, Mike Neighbors, man, he's got them rocking and rolling. I mean, you know, they're the same record, or, or they did have the same record as the men's, and they're they're ranked, and they're they're just killing it right now. And and I hope fans, if you get the opportunity, go check them out, go watch them. They are fun to watch. Chelsea Dungey is typically their their star, but they they've got some pieces around her. They're gonna make they're gonna they're gonna move the SEC around a little bit this year, and it's gonna be exciting to watch. The scary thing is, is other than Alexis Tolfrey, she's the only senior on the team. So wow. I mean, this everybody but Alexis is coming back next year of the of the starting, you know. And then with that recruiting class that we talked about, you know, that they're getting coming in for next year, it's oh, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. They got some ballers. They've got two commits, and both of them are very highly regarded. Um, pretty highly ranked uh, over on ESPN. They're both, I think, in the nineties, and they're and they're. Uh, on their recruiting. 
for the Ladybacks. Switching over to uh, some some you know the biggest stuff, the the Razorbacks, Sam Pittman. Now again, I made this clear early on uh, of of the show. the 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 previous episode, which was forty six. Was recorded, but it was recorded on the uh, on the pig trail on my YouTube channel. We we decided to do a live show. We had Zach Arns from Ruskin and Zach on. Unfortunately, we were unable to uh, to get that up on 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 the Hog Talk podcast. But we'll probably have some of the similar things to say that we did on that last episode. But Porter uh, Pittman, right now, he's 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 in the middle of trying to get this, this staff put together. He's recruiting. I mean, he's just got his hands full on top of the fact he's got to worry about the early signing period. There's rumors right now that Barry Odom from Mizzou could come down. I think he's waiting on the Memphis job, but there's a possibility he could be the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. And then you got chip long on the offense. Um, do you, do you have pretty good faith, or, or what are your thoughts? Like, what kind of pieces does he need to to put together to make this thing work? I mean, besides the obvious that they got to be good, like, what do you think he's looking for as far as assistance and and position coaches? I think you know, anytime you can get any kind of coach with head coaching experience to come in and and I mean, because you're going to need basically as much experience as possible as you can get, you know, with the five million dollars that they're allotted to to get the assistance, you know, you basically quality over quantity, you know, you're going to try to get the best quality you can get for, for the money you got to spend on assistance. And if you could get a, a guy like Odom to come in and, and, and lay that foundation with Pittman, I mean, that's what you need right now at this particular time with, with how the t- the uh, program is. Yeah. If, and I agree too. And I think his, his stamp on this program is going to be bringing back you know, physicality, bringing back that kind of, you know, we, we want to dominate you along the line of scrimmage. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to run a Brett Bielema I formation offense, but that he wants to be physical. And I think that's going to be something he's looking for, looking for in his coordinators and his assistants to kind of, you know, that's going to be something they preach as a staff is physicality. You know, we want to beat the guy in front of us, you know, not nine times out of 10, but 10 times out of a 10. That's what a coach used to tell me when I played in high school. Don't lose a down, play physical. Beat the guy in front of you, and I think that's going to be his identity as a team. It's going to be exciting. I hope I'd like to chip long higher. We know he was at um, he was at a uh, uh, Notre Dame. He's their offensive coordinator. He was also under Mike Norvell, I think, for a year at Memphis. Uh, I think he was at Arizona State. Like he's he's got he's got the Rolodex. You know him and uh, him and Barry Odom both. That's something else those two could possibly bring to the table. The the Rolodex to get a hold of some other assistants and and. Uh, and of course, recruiting. So, speaking of recruiting, this is the biggest topic of the week outside of Pittman, and that's Jacoby Criswell, four-star kid out of Moralton, Arkansas. A lot of hype around him. Currently committed to uh, Mac Brown at North Carolina. Uh, how, Porter, your opinion? How big is it for him to flip to flip that young man to get him out of to get to get him away from North Carolina and get him to to Arkansas? Oh, anytime you can flip your top end state recruit back to your <clears throat> home state. I mean, we're, we're reliving the, the Mike Anderson, Eric Musselman transition all over again with the guy coming in. You, you've lost your Gatorade player of the year to North Carolina. Um, so if you could flip him to come in and kind of, you know, compete with KJ Jefferson for, for the starting spot or, or, you know, whoever come else comes in to, the program, I mean, is, is huge. 
uh, it's just a kickstart to to that recruiting. Um, you know, I heard on the radio earlier that you know he's been in twelve homes in the past three days. So this guy, <laughs> he is on fire. That plane has been getting fueled up, ready to go. It does remind me of, and I know this is going to some Razorback fans are going to get a little, you know eye roll here, but it does remind me of when Chad Morris took over. First thing he did, he got in that plane and he flew around. He was recruiting. That's the one thing I think we can all agree he did right was recruiting. And it sounds like that's what Pittman's doing. He's as soon as, he, as soon as that plane landed, he he did the handshakes. He talked with the media, and then he was out the door and and uh, and recruiting. Well, you have to with this with this early signing period. I mean, you have to do it. I mean, that's the pressure that these coaches have is with that early signing period, you got to get on the ground running. I mean, there's no time to waste. I agree. I agree. Hopefully he can get it done. Hopefully he can, he can, he can flip Jacoby. He is uh, currently last I heard again, we're recording this on Thursday, December uh, 12th. So anything can happen. But last I heard, he was still planning on taking his official visit to North Carolina. Of course, you've got the early signing period, which is I think December 18th through the 20th. And then after that, you've got dead period or no, maybe it's, maybe it's the day before I can't remember, but you've got dead period kind of looming around in there as well, where you got to go a certain amount of time without being able to talk to these players. Uh, I think, I think Pittman's goal is to at least, if you can't flip them, then make them think twice about signing in December. Maybe get them, convince them, hey, wait a minute, I'm here at Arkansas now. Look at the staff I'm putting together. You know, We're going to rebuild this thing for real this time, and we want you to come be a part of that. At least think twice before signing in December. You hope he can do that. But then there's the other side of it where these teams are saying, look, you need to sign now, or, or we're going to fill your spot, so on and so forth. Lot, there's so many challenges with this early signing period. I, I'm not going to lie. I get, I understand the merit of it, you know, getting these kids to sign before Christmas, letting them enjoy time with their family. But oh my gosh, does it put these programs who are having to hire and fire coaches, does it put them under the gun or what? Oh, definitely. I mean, in the day of college football right now, where it's the only sport. I mean, you, you look at the top programs, three teams right now in the college football playoffs that are undefeated. You know, this is not college football where you can win or lose one or two games and, and find your way back into the BCS Bowl. You know, I mean, there is so much pressure now with only being able to lose one or two games and your season's over as of national title hopes. And plus, you know, it's just – with the college football playoff, the, the bigger bowls don't even really mean that much anymore. And then you put the money into it. You know, these guys are making millions and millions of dollars. So, you know, they're giving, like Jimbo Fisher, they gave him his $10 million a year. You know, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the money right now is crazy. So it's a big-time investment. So you have to get it right, especially for those top-notch programs. Yeah. Well, again, hopefully Pittman can get this thing all sorted out and, and uh, they get this thing headed in the right direction. It starts with that early signing period. You're up against the clock. you got to beat it. And like you said, there's a lot of time, energy, and money in, into, the, into all this. So you're, it's just, uh, my God, it's, it's a lot of pressure. They, they give this staff what I found interesting. We thought it was first reported they were going to give $7 million to, the, to their staff uh, to build a staff. And it turns out it's actually $5 million, which is still competitive in the market. 
but it's I, there's a big difference with it when you're trying to build a staff between five and seven. That's two million dollars. That's a hell of a lot of it. That's a lot of money. A lot of lot of pesos, if you will, to to bring in some some bigger names. But now your pool is kind of. You know, it's uh, a little less with that with that two million cut of five million, which is again, that's I think that was the exact same money they gave Chad Morris's staff, and they were able to bring in um, oh, uh, Chief John Chavis for I think a million. What was it, a million, million and a half, or something? So maybe you could bring in someone to coach your defense for a little less than that. I don't know if it's Barry Odom. You wonder how much would they have to pay him? How much are you gonna have to pay Chip Long if you're pulling him away from Notre Dame? I don't know. Um, there's my phone right on cue, but that's going to do it. Porter, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, uh, to talk a little Razorbacks with me, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, if I don't get to talk to the, the fan base before then, everybody have a Merry Christmas, uh, happy new year and, uh, go hogs. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Porter, our producer on behalf of him and, and, uh, the hog talk podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.